Hello and welcome to Neuroshambles, the podcast that aims to shine a light into some of the murkier corners of what it's like to parent neurodivergent kids. I'm Mark Allen, and every episode I'm going to be swapping stories with my guests about some of the frankly ludicrous nonsense we have to deal with on a daily basis. So, if you're anything like me and you're feeling frazzled, overwhelmed and pretty much an outcast from polite society, join me. Hello and welcome to episode three of Neuroshambles. Um, welcome back if you've listened to the first two and if you haven't, you should listen to the first two. They're great. Um, this particular episode um, is going to follow the similar format in that we're going to be meeting a, a new guest, uh, another parent of neurodivergent kids. Um and we're also going to be learning a bit more about their setup. Then we're going to be discussing the topic of the week, which rather fittingly is about holidays, um, because I've just come back off my holiday with the hooligans, and my guest has just come back from their holiday. So we've got lots to discuss there, and all the sort of the faff and rigmarole of a holiday with neurodivergent kids. After that, we're going to be doing the it's not all rubbish section, where we're going to be looking at neurodivergent emergency champions uh we're also going to be looking at some tiny wins there's one of my own that i'm particularly keen to talk about and also the what the flip section where your kids make you wonder what the flip uh with some of their behaviors or the things that they say um so that's what we got coming up and um, without further ado let's crack on meet the guest Okay, so it is my absolute pleasure to introduce our guest for this week. It is a Dr. Hildy Mitchell. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, Hildy? Hildy or doctor? I don't know. Should I call you doctor? <laughs> Does that Dr. feel a Hildy. bit formal? Dr. Hildy. <laughs> yeah, Dr. Hildy is a bit formal. Um, yeah, um, Hildy will be fine. Okay, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I felt like I needed permission for that. Um, so, so, yes, welcome, welcome to the pod. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, so, I, obviously, with any of our guests, it's it's useful to know your setup and uh, kind of uh, what your experiences of, of neurodivergency are. So, uh, talk to me about your personnel. Who have you got there? Oh, our team, our, our, our neuro spicy team. Nice. Our team. Um, <laughs> yes, we yeah we had a long conversation. My my children are a bit older than some of the some of the children I think of the guests you've had. So I have um, Polly who's twenty two, mm-hmm. who has been diagnosed with various sorts of mental illness throughout her time, um, and has recently been put onto the autism neurodiverse pathway with um, questions about autism um, and. Uh, in some ways, I kind of feel a bit stupid for not having noticed things because as soon as that was mentioned, I've started to go back and go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. Um, but she's now on that pathway and that's opened up a whole load of rich things to talk about with her in terms mm-hmm. of sort of helping and supporting her. So she's currently presenting as agoraphobic um, right. and doesn't leave the house at all. Um, okay. And then, um, then Elsie is 16 and going on 35 probably could run the, <laughs> the, run the country I think she's uh, mature beyond 10 years um, and she has a diagnosis of autism that she's had in the last year but with her it was it was really clear from basically the minute she was born she was born at home in our bedroom and from about mm-hmm. I don't know about 20 minutes after she popped out 
it's very clear that she was a, a child with very strong responses to the world around her right, that we okay. weren't expecting. So she, um, I tried. To, she was my second child, so you know, you think you know what you're doing. Yeah, but you've also got something to compare it to, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So I was trying to feed her, and I thought I was going to have this 24 hours of serenity. Um, in fact, she was <laughs> going to be called. She was going to be called Eve, um, which I had as this kind of like really serene, lovely name. And within about an hour or so, I was like, we can't call her Eve, John. We can't. This is John is husband and father to the yes. girls. Um, and uh, and he went, no, we can't. She's not an Eve. So she didn't have a name for a while because she so clearly wasn't an Eve. She was red faced and screechy and could not be satisfied. Um, and then and then I think he committed the middle class crime of going to get her some SMA to feed her. Um, and gave her a bottle and she drank down this bottle burped in a very unladylike fashion and then went to sleep and we said oh she's an Elsie and she was named after two cantankerous old grandmothers that we've (laughs) known Um, and it suited her entirely so we always had this sense that she was somebody that for whom the world was not really to her taste you know yes it, it, she was uncomfortable in, in it and then she then she sort of developed this uh, she had a very rich language which made me kind of think maybe not autism so what sort of but age was, was that probably from the from the age of about two or three oh, wow. she, okay. she spoke but she spoke but, it, but she was very she had a very odd choice of words you mm-hmm. know she'd hear a word and she would use it and, it, and it, there was always something that was both incredibly interesting but also slightly weird about how she would use it and the more that I now know about the kind of language acquisition and language as a a, as in autism the more I kind of realize that that probably was an indicator that I didn't really quite pick up on but she we used to always comment on the way she used language it was very expressive but very unique yes I I think Jay is very much like that like I said, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it sounds like yeah. a Victorian landowner. Yes, <laughs> she was like, she was very old fashioned so and very precise. Yes, yes. But just yeah. sort of not really out of context. Do you know what I mean? When everyone's being a bit informal yeah. and um, I mean, he'd be great at a dinner party. Yeah. <laughs> if only he ate food or could bear people. What's the topic of the week? So obviously, when we're talking about holidays, I, I want to sort of, um, I don't have any horror stories. I think, you know, with some of the things that I talk about with our guests, I've got some like some proper war stories to tell. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't feel like I have that with holidays. And I think the reason is because I know my kids so well, I did, I deliberately avoid holidays. I know they're going to hate. Uh, or I know that's going to trigger them. But what I wanted to talk about in this particular episode um, are the lengths that we go to to kind of smooth over those potential triggers and all of the additional things that we have to factor in to stop those holidays becoming absolute nightmares. Because it's something that for neurotypical families is is joyous and and uh, mm. and easy because everyone's relaxed and everyone's looking forward to it and everyone's excited. But obviously in our setup. Things are different. You've got to manage it in a very different way, depending on your particular uh, situation. So, um, I mean, I, I guess you, you're, you're wrestling with the issue of agoraphobia. I mean, is that always mm. uh, presented itself? 
it's it hasn't so, so it's presented before as sort of so um social phobia emetophobia mm-hmm. you know all like those kind of things you know the, one of the worst things about holidays i think going abroad is the kind of airport you yes. know the airport of you know this kind of environment that is so out of your control you have to be in a certain place at a certain time you know you've, you've got to only carry certain things with you you know the airport's really difficult and the last the, the probably the really the earliest sign of Polly kind of tipping into sort of agoraphobia was at an airport experience where she just didn't cope at all yeah and she I think she was about 12 so she wasn't that old to be on her own in the airport and she just stormed off and disappeared and we couldn't find her anywhere in this oh airport. God. And I remember and being in Gatwick. So stressful airports and, anyway. Yeah, we just didn't know where she was. And you've got this kind of panic about not knowing where your child is, who's kind of young and vulnerable and obviously in a very anxious state. Mm-hmm. And also you're trying to get your flight. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yes. So you've got the, the kind of gate numbers coming up and you're oh. like, fuck, I've got to go find this child. You know, so... Um, that that was what our probably worst airport experience. What did you do then? I mean, how do you did? Was there an announcement on the? I think John or? John, who was usually the more, more calm of the two of us in these situations, I think just went and kind of just calmly looked for her and left me with Elsie. But I was in a horrible panic. Yeah, of course. Um, and he was kind of going, "Well, you know, if we don't go, we don't go." And he's right. You know, you're now not gonna, you got to leave a child behind, are you? <laughs> no, exactly. And I think this, but when that's happening for the first time, you're kind of sort of terrified. I think I was talking to I was talking to the girls actually about um, airports earlier, and that Elsie we've we've not really struggled with Elsie in airports, and I think it's partly because one of her best um, and most beloved distraction techniques is um, shopping, and it doesn't even need to be for her, so it's brilliant on holiday. Um, so and airports are full of shops, aren't they? So yes. it's it's amazing. They're also they nearly always have a Lego shop, which is you know buy some Lego and then you're kind of set. But she doesn't even need to buy something for herself. So this most recent holiday, I ended up with a pair of AirPods because she decided that I should have some AirPods so we could share watching a movie on the on the plane. Um, amazing. So as long as we can shop, yeah, we're so okay. Okay. Yeah, so I was, we found that way. I was very anxious about going to the airport, um, as I mentioned in the last episode, actually. Uh, and and Bell suggested Gatwick Special Assistance, and it was a godsend. Like, thank you, Bell. Thank you, Gatwick. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. Um, yeah, because we sort of turned up, and you you got a separate check in. So this is a massive queue when you turn up. For, for we were flying EasyJet. Mm. EasyJet were very good actually as well because I phoned up the special assistants. We kind of booked it with them, uh, and when you book it, they say, "Do you, do you want to board the plane first or last?" I was like, "Oh, that's a good question. Mm. I genuinely don't know what I'd, <laughs> what I'd prefer." Um, mm. You know, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those two options is the correct one. Um, we decided, <laughs> we decided first, and we got on first and just get settled in. Just give them like screen time immediately yeah all parenting all parenting rules are out the window just let's just get everyone calm you know obviously we're not normally the kind of parents to just stick our kids on ipads and switches and stuff but for this for the duration of this we were because we were kind of trying to be respectful of everyone else on the plane as well um and ourselves so we got in and um jumped the queue which was amazing made the kids feel very special and uh and then got settled in and that was 
that was a great experience. But the other thing is that there's a space with special assistance at Gatwick that you can sit that is kind of quiet and calm and away from the main hubbub, which I didn't know about. And it was brilliant because we could just, they could just sort of sit around a table and fizz. <laughs> basically is what they do yeah. twitch and and fidget and stuff um but they're not like hugely triggered by all the other stuff that's going on um because as soon as you go into the main airport then it's just carnage yeah that space i mean when it's busy is you know if you've got children that are triggered by kind of noise and heat and everything it's it's just really difficult we got held up coming back from lanzarote last week oh right and um and it was we got held it was like a comedy of errors so we got onto this plane where the the air conditioning wasn't working oh, okay. because of something um and then because it was so hot on the plane the air bridge locked and they couldn't get it off so we were stuck on this hot plane and in the end they got us off the plane and elsie is very sensitive to heat mm-hmm. um so she was sitting there sort of dripping with sweat and she also had somebody behind her um talking about cuz it was the day before gcse results talking about not getting back for GCSE results. And she was then starting to respond to this other lady's panic oh, about God. the GCSE results. So she was getting really wound up. And I was I was really impressed. I mean, maybe this is a bit of hope for people who have neurodiverse children. I mean, these were all her triggers, but she was able to hold it together. You know, she was safe enough with us. Mm-hmm. And that, how does she regulate you know, in, that, in, in that situation? She well, we've got a load of water. Mm-hmm. Um, we when we got but we got off the plane um, because they took us all off. But I think I might have asked for us to get off if it had got any hotter. And then she went shopping again with John, so she went back into the shops, <laughs> um, and and then put you know plugged herself in. So plugged herself into her AirPods and a screen, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know like totally went into it. And and that I you know I've I've. I am not a anti-screen person and anti, you know, you know, when they're little, it's sort of acceptable now to give them ear defenders and things like that. But at 17, you're not going to wear ear defenders. At 22, you're not going to wear ear defenders. But you put your your headphones in, you go into your podcast, you go into your video. These things are really calming. And my girls have sort of developed their own techniques for doing that. So I look at them and I think, what? we're going to be late. Why are you watching that video? But for them, they're watching that video to calm themselves yeah, to the situation yeah. where they cannot be late. You know, it's mm-hmm. taken a, it's a big sort of parental shift for me and my understanding of it. Um, so yeah, so that, so that, that whole airport thing. And the other, the other thing is, you know, where I'll kind of probably get onto in a minute is we sort of accidentally ended up going to the same place for the last 20 20 at least 20 years <laughs> when you say accidentally <laughs> there has to be an element of selection there there was an ele- there was a lot of choice actually because we bought a timeshare so there was like you know okay. there was probably 20 grand worth of choice because we actually paid that money but um we went when polly was a toddler with um extended family to this uh tourist resort in lanzarote it's called club la santa um and yeah. they it was set up in, in 1983 by a Dane who wanted to get into the kind of tourist market in Lanzarote. They were, they were given like, um, they wanted to kind of promote tourism. And he had this idea that he would set up not just a sort of sun and sea holiday, but it would be sun, sea and sports. And this would be his USP. So right. he set up this place. It's basically like a little bit of Copenhagen in uh, Lanzarote. So it's, 
very Danish. It's very peculiar. It's very Danish. It's very, right. uh, it's, it's very sort of clean and organised. And um, and we we went there with our extended family, and I loved it. I mean, I love sport. I love swimming. I love aerobics. And um, what was lovely is it has so you can before you go, you can download the program for the next two weeks. It's like a right. bit mm-hmm. like Butlins. But do you have to book onto stuff? Yeah, but it's really easy to book onto it. So you used to have to go to sports booking, which is like go and queue up and book into it and get a little slip with what you've booked. Now it's even better for autistics because you've got an app. So you can book onto it on an an app. You know, and um, so so Tuesday morning, I mean, this has been the case for 20 years. On a Tuesday morning, 8 a.m., it's the half marathon. On a Wednesday morning at 8 a.m., it's the mini try. Uh, on th- at three o'clock on a Sunday, it's bolas and egg throwing at the beach. Yeah, so you've been there for twenty years. So you went with well, your with with extended family f- the first year. Yeah, and we just we just loved it. It was easy. What was easy was like you know we can all do the things that we love there, and we well, so we started going there, and then it became like there's no way we're ever going anywhere else with these girls. So you go to the same place every year. Yeah, um, same place, it, same room. We yeah, the I was going to say because you mentioned when we first spoke about this, it was the same room. Is that by design? Do they just have it like? Well, I guess it's a timeshare, right? So it's that's it's the, a timeshare. Uh, yeah, so we have the same room. So, but we recently bought a few years ago. We bought. We decided we'd buy another week, so we have two weeks in three five seven B, and we decided we wanted another week, so we had more flexibility about which weeks we went. But we could. We had to just buy what was available, so we bought ten B. So we've got a week in ten B, which is in a different part of the apartment of the hotel, <laughs> and um, and it's completely different. It's like it has different sounds, it's different smells. It's was did, did that was that okay? It's a, it's more stressful, um, and we went this time, and you know Elsie was definitely dysregulated in 10b to what she was in 357b um it's nearer the restaurants and stuff so it's Mm -hmm. noisier it smells of food um it's just got a different energy about it so it was it's noticeable that those even on the same resort a different room has a different feel about it um and she was she found it she wanted to come home this week this time in oh really i want to go home yeah when, when she had said it, home was home. she talking about the other flat there <laughs> she was talking about home home, okay, home home i think yeah and then two weeks later we were in we were in 357b and she, i said she said i love it here i love it and i said i nearly booked you a flight home last week you know and she went i know but i was just i was what did she say i was just adjusting she said i was adjusting to being here and I think that's a that's that's a thing that our younger children can't really articulate that kind of process of shifting. I, I remember you know? um, I can't remember who told me, but someone said that if you go on holiday with neurodivergent kids, you need to kind of have an extra three days to get people mm. to kind of get used to it and to bed in a little bit. So what we we booked ten days in an Airbnb. So again, similar. Because it was an Airbnb, we could look at the website and there was loads of photos of everything to expect. And we kind of knew that. And you could even see a photo of the host. Um, so that was that was quite good. Um, so we booked for 10 days again so that we could have that time to bed in. And also, like, we couldn't, like, I, I can't imagine us booking into one of those, like, resort hotels with loads of people. 
and and mm. like that would that I, that just wouldn't work for us at all. Like Jay in particular would be incredibly dysregulated by it um, because he doesn't really like a lot of people, so that would be quite triggering for him. So we deliberately booked an Airbnb, which was sort of a, a little uh, like apartment in a block of six apartments with a shared pool. Um, so we got to the Airbnb and uh, we kind of unpacked, and he got a separate room. Um, because again, we've learned from experience that he needs a different space to, to be in. It doesn't need to be like that far away from us or anything like that, or even particularly kind of sheltered from the noise of us, but he needs a space that he can call his own. Um, and we got there and he, there was like, this is your room and he unpacked. And then within 11 minutes and I timed it within 11 minutes, Jay said, this holiday isn't living up to expectations. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and I, I was like, oh, this is going to be a long holiday if he doesn't get on board with this at all. Um, <laughs> and fortunately, because uh, I'd actually, I then had to go and do the shop, the food shop, which is in itself mm. a massive challenge, um, which we'll get onto. But uh, the, but while I was doing that, Jay and Otto both went in the swimming pool and they love water. I think it's a, I think it's definitely a sensory thing for both of them. They love mm. being in water. Jay spends a lot of time under the water to the point you think he may have drowned. Um, but he's always come back up so far. So uh, it's definitely a sensory thing for him. Uh, and so when I came back from the, from the food shop, he'd completely kind of uh, regulated himself. And he was like, I actually quite like it. And now it's like, thank you. <laughs> it's good. It took us a little while to get into the rhythm of it because again, everything is different, isn't it? Right. Yeah. I mean, that, every, that everything is different. And that, that I think, you know, like Elsie's saying, I needed to sort of, you know, make this transition even to something I know well, I think for those kids that are, you know, where you're going somewhere different, I mean, she, she's, she's always, she starts packing about three weeks, four weeks before we go and starts worrying about what she's going to take, what she's going to wear, what she's going to do. And this kind of like imagining herself doing all of the, the things that she does. And that, that whole packing thing is really stressful because there is this kind of sense of expectation that, you know, what's it going to be like? Who am I going to be when I'm there? Okay. So it's more out of anxiety than anticipation. Yeah. It's not, it's not a excitement. It's a worry. You know, we had to, Mm -hmm. we had to do um, a lot of shopping, a lot of, you know, like um, I've got these shorts, but I'm not sure they're going to be right. Um, You you know, that I think, you can, I mean, with the packing and stuff, I mean, with Polly once, we went to we went to Bournemouth to see our in-laws and she was highly anxious about leaving. She didn't want to go. She was, she, I can't remember the exact context for the, for the anxiety at that point, but she was getting into her highly anxious period and she was going, I'm not going, I'm not going. And we were like, we have to go um, and you're only like 11, 12, we can't leave you on your own. Um, and... So in the end, she packed. So she said, I've packed. And we off we went. Mm-hmm. And when we got to my brother-in-law's, we were gone, it was like July, June, July. We'd gone for like a beach weekend. They have a beach hut in Bournemouth. And we got there and she'd packed one jumper and a toothbrush or something. <laughs> that was it. Like that, nothing else in the bag. 
I always have to check. I always have to check mine. It has to pass muster because I know that they would like Jay always forgets pants. Doesn't feel the need to. I mean, to be honest, he would rather not wear pants, but um, you know, Elsie, te- Elsie, Elsie likes three pairs of pants a day. So we were going for um, just over two weeks. We we're going for sixteen days, and um, so she needs to pack thirty-two pairs of pants. Well, who has thirty-two pairs of pants? Nobody. So we had to go and buy pants. So I said there was a washing machine. There's a laundry. I'll go. To, I'll go and wash your pants. And um, she said, no, I need to take thirty-two. You know, she needed to take all these pants and all these socks so that she felt like I've got all my pants and I've got all my van socks because she only wears van socks with a logo. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and that became quite a thing for her. Like she had. So I never have any worries about Elsie taking appropriate stuff. But Polly. God knows what she's. She probably pack now. Now she probably pack a crochet hook, and a <laughs> you know, and a jumper or a poncho, and that'd be it. Well, you know. well Jay, I mean, Jay was particularly excited about. So he packed very early and was really kind of clear about what he wanted to pack and what he wanted to take. Otto had his own bag and it was like full, completely full. Um, but Tam was looking after uh, after his packing, so they sorted that out between them. Um, and we got onto the plane and Otto was sitting next to me and I went, what you, what's in your bag? Have you got anything that you want to um, kind of get out on the plane? And he went, yeah. Uh, and I opened the bag and it was full of one thing. <laughs> which was a massive plushy toy that he'd squished into his bag. <laughs> it's like, I'm having to jettison stuff I can't take with me. And he's got this massive plushy with him. It's like, fine, just, just get on with it. That's okay. Uh, Jay was very, very keen to go. So there wasn't sort of, it wasn't anxiety for him. He really wanted to go. He was really excited. They all were. We kind of ramped, like built up, you know, over the the kind of weeks ahead of it because we wanted to make sure that they were kind of excited to go and mm. that we were trying to get, because I, I knew that Otto would be anxious about the flight in particular. Uh, so I wanted to kind of smooth all that out. So the morning that we had to, we, so we, to get to the airport itself, we chose to get a cab because I just did not fancy getting a, a train with all all of them getting a train with this anxiety and with this excitement and it would just just the the, the thought of being in public with that level of, of dysregulation <laughs> does not fill me with joy so it, it was expensive but it was definitely worth it and it made uh my kids feel like rock stars <laughs> being yeah, driven to the airport. so that was quite cool they were really excited about the fancy car that they got to go in so that was really nice um and took away some of the you know potential anxiety um but we had to get the get it at five in five thirty in the morning which meant we had set the alarm at five o'clock and it, that's already a very very early start for me i'm not comfortable at that time in the morning um but uh i was woken at four forty-five on the dot with a light being flicked on by jay <laughs> who was dressed in his full outfit for holiday which i had not seen which was a hawaiian shirt <laughs> <laughs> and this massive <laughs> wide-brimmed sun hat, which was actually an Easter bonnet that had had the ribbon and the chickens removed from the rim, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> and he was really grumpy, and because we weren't up yet, um, and he told us <laughs> off for not being ready, and it, <laughs> it genuinely felt like we were being evicted by the man from Del Monte. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like it was such a rude awakening. But then, then, then Otto comes in and he's like the opposite. He doesn't want to go. 
at all. He's anxious now. Yeah. He's asking loads of questions and going, I want to stay here. I don't want to go on holiday. So now it's just like, well, I'm awake now. Let's, this is happening. You know, let's just strap <laughs> in and deal with it. So that, that was the start oh, of the holiday. Bless him. <laughs> but like I say, once we bedded in and we got there and everyone was kind of, you know, comfortable with the routine, it was, it was great. Um, and there weren't too many people. That was the thing uh, from our perspective. So the swimming pool mm. was a huge win. Having said that, <laughs> within minutes, there was there was there were other families there, right? So there's mm. um, there's there's obviously uh, it's 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 a block of apartments and they all share one pool. And there was a Dutch family with their uh, quite obviously neurotypical child there. Um, you can spot them a mile off, can't you? It's bloody neurotypicals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the the boys went in the pool and they're splashing around and basically being absolute maniacs because they're excited. And I could sense the other family tensing up. And within five minutes, they'd been told off for being too noisy and and not staying to their bit of the pool. Um which you know it's like, oh god this is like the first the first day of the holiday um and 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 every, basically then uh, as the holiday progressed every we, i'd see the kind of this dutch family appear and look at the pool and see we were there and then just turn around and go back into their apartment <laughs> <laughs> and it made me feel bad for the first day and then it's like oh you know it's up to you um and then amazingly they left and the people that replaced them in their flat, <laughs> I couldn't believe this, was an entirely deaf family. And it was like, that, oh, <laughs> that was an absolute dream. <laughs> because my kids could be as noisy oh, as they God. wanted. It was unbelievable. <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> it was. That's amazing. And, they were amazing. and their, their kids were absolute nut jobs as well. So it's amazing. <laughs> That's the perfect, the perfect yeah. pairing on holiday, isn't it? It was. I don't know if you can, you can select that in Airbnb to book at a time with, <laughs> with fellow disruptive families. Well, we having a timeshare where we are. The, the other, the other benefit is that um, we we see the same families year after year after year. Oh, okay, that's nice. So right? we've kind of got to know other families, and um, so. You know that worry about like who are they going to play with and are they going to upset people? You know, like you've said, you know, you that's that's all got well. Well, part of it is that they've already upset half of the people twenty years ago, so they're not going to play with them. But you know that so that's all right. <laughs> um, and then, but then there's there's families that we've sort of got to know, and um, so Elsie's Elsie has a really really good friends there in at Club Centre who we see now not when we're there as well. They they live in. Um, they live in out of London and their daughter's doing a um she's doing medicine at Sussex. So we see them quite a lot. Now. Oh wow, that's lovely. And and so she's got this lovely kind of relationship with the son of this family. And this year was was so, so lovely. You know, Polly Elsie's got her diagnosis and so she's like open about that. She's like, This is me, this is who I mm-hmm. am, and um and not and not apologetic about it. Um, and then the son of this family, he's he's dyslexic, so he's got you know his own kind of you know challenges, particularly around sort of um, organisation, school stuff. Um, and then he's also recently come out as gay as well. So they've mm-hmm. both got this shared experience of having masked people, not being authentic, and now they're both like 
this year, like free and themselves and see, seeing them in the karaoke doing Barbie Girl was just like, <laughs> like, like I, I just kind of rolled back to these two year olds that were in playtime, you know, kids club. And now they're, you know, they, they in that place, in that space, they were so confident and so, yeah, so lovely, comfortable to be themselves. You know, they, they mm-hmm. know the karaoke. They know the disco. This is not a scary kind of like, oh, well, are we getting it right place? This is a, we know what the disco at Club of Santa's like. We know who's going to be there. We know, we know it. We're safe, yeah, you know. That's amazing. And you found that essentially the, you found that place essentially the first kind of family abroad holiday you went on. Sort of, yeah. Like you haven't had any disaster disasters. That's kind of what, like they, when you went somewhere and it's like, this is not going to work. No, well, we've 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 had well, we've had a few of those, but we've had our own. We have had disasters even there, you know. I mean, okay. I, we went we went one year with some friends. So we it's like um it's an apartment hotel, so you can you can get like half board or you can do self catering. Obviously, with neurodiverse, you're going to go self catering because you're going to yeah. be in as much control <laughs> as you can. Exactly. Yeah. And I remember, and I remember going one year with some with a, another family, and they um they came at the same time as us. And the the mum Teresa, she said to me, she said, "Oh, I'm not doing any self catering. When I'm on holiday, I'm not going to do any cooking. We're going to eat out." And I was like, "Oh my god, that would just be a dream." <laughs> and so we did eat out with them a few times, but every single night that we ate out, before we went out, I went back to the apartment and cooked pasta and pesto or marmite and toast for my girls to be sure they'd eaten something before mm-hmm. we went out. And you, you know, you'd have these kind of like you know, awful kind of meltdowns around food because yeah. you were going somewhere different. And we we would go somewhere different and we would kind of like think, oh, they need to eat like a proper meal. I mean, now that I'm my age and my kids are there, and now I don't care. I don't care. So Elsie this time on holiday, you know, she orders her, her meal and it's, you know, uh, canary and potatoes, chips and garlic bread, you know, a, a triple yes. carb diet with a side order of momo it's fine (laughs) see we did it's fine so this this because we don't we don't go out to restaurants it's not a thing as a family that we do because the kids we never do it at home all over the place they're it's their adhd more than their autism that that kind of represents (laughs) itself presents itself there um so and i and i'm hyper aware of that just me being me Mm. hyper aware of how we present um in in those sort of situations um, but it was one thing that I wanted to do while we were we went to Greece. I wanted to go to a Greek taverna as a family mm-hmm. and just have a meal because I wanted I didn't want to just obviously you get all your safe foods and you cook everything, but I just wanted to go out and experience something Greek. And so we sort of yeah, I had to fight for it because there was a lot of resistance, but even from from Tam who doesn't like that kind of thing as well. Um, mm. <clears throat> But eventually, they all relented that we were, and we made basically we're going out for a fancy meal. It wasn't a fancy meal; it was a roadside taverna. But, <laughs> but, but to all intents and purposes, it was a fancy meal, and it was it was a joy. It was an absolute. I mean, we were they they behaved absolutely like as expected, but they all invested in it. So like Jay put on like a, a shirt and he did the top button up and. Well, like seeing him being presented with the food with the food menu, and he'd like give a little nod to the waiter as he did it. Like I don't know where he's seen that, but it was hilarious. Um, and then like to to try, he found a new thing he liked. 
you found like this this little it was a very simple sort of tomato chopped tomato salsa thing and he loved that so he was just like that was only supposed to be put on your bread but he ordered more just to spoon into his face (laughs) it's like fine you crack on um and you know they didn't they didn't really eat much of the food so i ended up eating a lot of meat (laughs) for the team oh yeah which is maybe why I chose it. I don't know. Um, but it was it was actually a really lovely experience. So how do you kind of handle, because obviously self-catering, you still need to get the food, right? So you still need to go to the supermarket and find the Greek equivalent of what you would normally have at home or <laughs> the sort of the Canarian equivalent of what you would have at oh, home. We know where the Lidl is in oh, Arecife. Man. Don't worry, it's fine. We go to Lidl. You got it all sorted. See, it was a mind yeah, where know, I was. We know the Lidl. We know. We even know the Middle Aisle. Uh, <laughs> are you going to drive by a drill while you're on holiday, and it's all sorted. Yeah, maybe an inflatable canoe. You know. Uh, yeah, because I had the. So I was. I had to navigate Google Translate, uh, which has got. Uh, I don't know if you've used that, uh, but it's got a camera. Uh, the, the camera yes. so you can you can translate because <laughs> greek is not even close to being a, <laughs> a language i can guess at um but obviously i need to make sure it's got none of the things that are going to be triggering for any of the kids because they're all very very individual in terms of what they want um and again i'm, I'm also having to like cook because i obviously cook everything um uh, from scratch so i'm end up having to make cook pizzas um in an oven where I don't have a rolling pin because what Airbnb has a rolling pin. So I'm using a watermelon to roll out my pizza dough. Like, no, you don't use a watermelon. Use a wine bottle. No, because I tried that and it was because it was in the fridge. It was sticking to the dough and the watermelon. <laughs> actually, it's my top tip is watermelon is actually quite good in the end. Um, but again, so I've got to adapt to like, two forks and a spatula and like like a, a really poorly equipped kitchen and having to cook everything from scratch and trying to make it as close to normal as possible um and then i kind of realized that this isn't a holiday for me at all it's like so much more stressful it's so much more stressful you're because you're basically <laughs> you're going on holiday to somewhere new like you say with a very poorly equipped kitchen an oven that you don't understand and instructions are in yeah. spanish or greek yeah. or whatever and trying to make something exactly the same as you would be making at home. And you think I could make this at home so much more easily. Why are we going anywhere? <laughs> Why are we even here? What Having we... said that. And we, like we take Marmite and pesto with yeah, us. I, pa- I took, I, you know, you pack, pack exactly the same stuff. But so in my suitcase, I've got my sun cream and my Marmite and my pesto. See, I could have done all of that if Otto hadn't have taken his plushie. They could have all you gone could in have his taken bag. The <laughs> they could have all gone in his bag. <laughs> I could have taken a rolling pin. <laughs> <laughs> well, we made a list after Club the Santa after the first couple. We used to have a little note. I've had a little notebook. I probably could find it actually. A little notebook, and it has a list of things that you need to take when you go. So it has marmite pesto, cheese grater because they don't have cheese graters, so you can't grate the cheese to the required no. consistency to go on the pasta. Is that a thing for you? Because I just I discovered that this weekend. I went camping with Jay and I got some grated cheese and he was like, I said, Do you like this cheese? I was like, Yeah, it's grated in the wrong way. Well, since when is that oh, a thing? Yes. <laughs> God's sake. We haven't we haven't had that so much, but yeah, that that you cut up. So the you wrong take way, a cheese grater on holiday with you? 
Well, we used we did. They've started having cheese graters now, so we haven't they, had to take one. We crossed crossed that off the list. I was going to say, do they let you take that on the plane? Because that could be like a very obscure type of terrorism. <laughs> it has to go in the hold. <laughs> it has to go in the hold with your marmite because the marmite's too big for three weeks. We can't get away with a little tiny one. You know, it's got to be the big. Oh my god, the big one. <laughs> it is amazing the things that you think are are normal to take because you just can't really function without them. I mean, you know. It, You've got to have those safe things, haven't you? You've got to think, what is, what are the safe things? What are the things that are there? There's so much planning involved. This is the first big sort of holiday that we've done in this in this format. But and it it pretty much once we got into the rhythm of it, um, it was like you know get up, watch some iPad, have some breakfast, go into the swimming pool until eleven when it gets too hot, and then you come in at eleven. Then everyone else basically gets to go in the pool without being splashed <laughs> and splashed and terrorised by my kids. And then we'll go and find a shady spot for a couple of hours and read or play board games. So Jay would read and Otto would play board games, and then we'd go on an afternoon adventure. That was always the sticky bit there because like uh, Tam and I wanted to go and do something a bit different. Um, so at one point they suggested climbing up the mountain that we could see. <laughs> so so we did that. We actually did it though. I mean, it was, it was wow. easier going up than it was coming down because by the time we came down, Jay had had enough and he was very, very vocal about that. Um, <laughs> um, and then one of the, we went into the local uh, town and, um, and again, we're just sort of making them challenge themselves and having to put up with the moaning. Um, and, and Jay and I decided, well, I decided to go little walk to this little lighthouse and Jay's moaning, <laughs> moaning and moaning. And then eventually, um, he was, uh, I don't see the point of being here because it was just walking to a lighthouse and back. And I went, <laughs> Sometimes it's about the journey rather than the destination. And he went, well, the journey has been awful. So I hope the destination has more to say for itself. <laughs> <laughs> but despite that, that 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 kind of moaning, I think they did challenge themselves, and then we'd come back, and then the back in the pool again, and then I'd make dinner, and we got into that routine, and that that for the duration was really lovely, and we got to kind of really actually relax, like uh, weirdly, mm. and because Otto comes alive on holiday as well, he's a different dude on holiday because <laughs> because there's no demands on him. And that's such because he's so PDA and he's so anxious about things that when there's no real like, well, there's firstly there's no demands, and secondly, um, he's got our undivided attention, which is really all he wants. He wants to be with us all, all the time, and he wants us to be with him all the time, and we can be. So when he says, "Can we play a game?" I say, "I've got nothing else to do." Yeah, we of course we can play a game um, for the four hundredth time. We can play the same game. Uh, but at least I can do it. So that was really nice. What where it was slightly difficult was then coming back home. I don't know how you experienced the the transition of returning. Oh yeah, the, I mean the transitions both ways are, are quite challenging. And we had we had a we you know we had a delay coming back, but we were also this time coming back into GCSE results. And Elsie oh, kept saying, I'm so very so anxious about that. I need to distract well. myself from it. I'm worried about it. And she, we basically let her kind of set what was going to be okay for her about the coming back and about the transition back. And I think she's of an age where we should probably, we can probably do that a bit more. But, um, so she wanted to come back and go to her friends for a sleepover. Well, our flight was due back at midnight. 
and we got back actually at about two half two in the morning but she was okay. still going to go to her friends for a sleepover so we ended up dropping her at her friends at half past two in the morning for the sleep of god knows what her parents thought i don't <laughs> i mean did, did you did you forewarn them or was it did you just no, ring the bell and run no off? we just were like drop her <laughs> drop her off this she disappeared into the house we're like the job done and um and then she said oh we're gonna we're gonna walk up to school in the morning and get our gcse results and we'll call you and you can come up and meet us at school and so I work, I arrived at school to meet, to meet her head teacher. And he's like, how, you know, are you pleased with how she's done? I was like, I don't even know how she's done. She just dropped her off at this friend's house in the middle of the night. But it was, I think for her, it was about, you know, in her head, this is what it was going to look like. Yes, and we had to let yeah. her do it. Mm-hmm. This is what it's going to look like. And any attempt by us to 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 enforce what we thought it should look like was going to be a problem. And I, th- I think that's that's what I've learned over the years with these children is you, you kind of they kind of have an idea about what it's going to look like. And wherever you can, if you can let it look like that, it's mm-hmm. probably easier. You know, it's probably much easier. But the when she got home from that, she just slept for a day. And that's often Elsie's response to having been overstimulated or mm-hmm. masking or you know, she sleeps. So, you know, during school she would manage maybe three days a week at school and she would mm-hmm. sleep for the other two. Like the mm-hmm. the most tired, she'd look like she'd done a marathon and you'd you know, go in her room and she'd be snoring her head off. You know, she would kill me for saying that, but she, she absolutely dead but to it the must, world. It's exhausting. Like, it's exhausting. you know, I don't think you can underestimate how exhausting or every, everything that goes on inside the neurodivergent brain is when so yeah. many things are different. That's I had no I, I think that's what that's what has been a revelation to me over the last kind of 10, 12 years is that genuine tiredness that comes with navigating a world that is just more demanding for you mm-hmm. than than it is for a neurotypical. And it's not it's not being lazy, it's not being weak or anything. It is no, no. being completely burnt out and completely exhausted and where we give her time to 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 recharge is it's really important it's really really important that she has that time and that i kind of stand up for her as well she's not being lazy she's really tired you know yeah yeah i mean we we always made we met i kind of said that i was going to go to my niece's birthday party the day after the holiday and it's as soon as I did that, I was like, "Yeah, that's not going to happen." That's not going to happen. <laughs> like, we can't. It's not happen. Because then it's not. I'm not going to just going to pick up the kids and right. I know you've got back, and you're just like enjoying being back in your own space. You need to just, you know, like um, just acclimatize to the, the the change of pace again. But let's all go to a three year old's birthday party. It's like, no, we're not going to do that. So we didn't. Um, that would have been the worst. The worst thing we could do. Because ours are older, you know, we, you know, for me, in a way, that's good. I know she's going to crash after we've done a weekend away or we've, you know, we, um, she's got, she's, she's, um, she's obsessed with the theatre. She wants to do acting. She's obsessed with the theatre and she's, she started kind of going up to London on her own and going to, um, going to see plays and things. And after she's done that, she's going to, she's going to sleep for the day. And in a way it's a bit selfish, but I know I just let her and I've got that day to myself when they're little you've got to kind of navigate that and you can't go anywhere and you've got to support them in their kind of um, 
they're recharging. So, yeah. you know, a little bit of glimmer of hope for you, Mark, in the future. <laughs> you know, when they're crashing and when they're crashing out and they're 16, 17, that's a day you've got to yourself. That's oh, a payback day for lovely. you. It's nice. That'd be lovely. <laughs> they just go to sleep and you just you just text them or phone them and say, just it's lunchtime, eat something, you know, and then you know they're <laughs> It, just going to push some cucumber under the door. Yeah, a little bit of cheese. <laughs> um, not not grated incorrectly, of course. So per- perfectly grated. <laughs> um, I mean, when we came back, it was quite it was quite turbulent because not not the flight that was fine, but actually coming back <laughs> coming back because there's definitely a thing again. I think their ADHD presents much more acutely when. When they know they're coming home and they know that the next step is home, they haven't really envisaged the bit between landing mm. and then getting home. And so taking a while to get off the plane was really frustrating for Jay in particular. He was very impatient. Uh, Otto um, was getting more and more anxious about it as well. But at one point, I had to, I had to sort of help Jay regulate a bit. He really likes compression. Um, mm. so if he's dysregulated, he wants me to compress his chest. So I stand behind him and I squeeze him and he makes this really weird noise <laughs> <laughs> and he's enjoying it. He wants me to do it, but everyone else thinks I'm damaging my child. <laughs> so I get some very funny looks, but I also know that's kind of better than the alternative of him basically being rude to everyone. Um, I mean, Otto found it very, very like I, he was all over the place when we got back and I couldn't again he can't understand his emotions and he can't articulate his emotions and why he's feeling the way he's feeling very much like Tam actually um and uh, and he was (laughs) just all over the place and he was asking loads of questions and like when are we going to get home and how are we getting home and uh and he was crying he was just crying uncontrollably and at one point he just went I just want my normal life back oh poor Otto (laughs) But um, again, we got in a cab, super expensive. But again, yeah. there, there was no way because also when we got back in, it was rush hour. It's like, <laughs> like I'm reluctant to get us on a train at any time. But rush hour when Otto is like this and Jay is impatient to get home, the last thing we need is to be surrounded by commuters. It's all about safe, isn't it? And control exactly. and knowable exactly. and and I think a lot of and protecting them from those kind of like you know eyes looking at them as mm-hmm. well you know nobody likes yeah. to be seen when they're in distress nobody likes that really even if you're not very aware and and I do feel that there's I mean Elsie's articulate about that now sometimes I make her feel uncomfortable when I think I'm making things better but you know that it's it's not nice it is it's a helpful thing I think to try and protect them from people that are judging and you know that's one of our jobs as well you know we yeah. They don't want to feel embarrassed. They don't want to feel stupid. They're not. They're not stupid, and they're not doing anything wrong. But other people don't understand. You know. So, all in all, though, it was a successful holiday. Like I genuinely, I was. I was really worried about it. But, but the upshot is, everyone had a good time. And apart from the bumpy bits at either end, it was. It was. Um, I think we'll do it again. Maybe not the same place every year. <laughs> <laughs> it's not all rubbish. Right, I wanted to um, end the podcast on uh, on the 
the the more positive side of things. Not that this has been negative at all, but um, I'm going to end it on the it's not all rubbish section, <laughs> which um, features a couple of different things. The, the, the first one I want to talk about is neurodiversity champions. Um, and I was just wondering if you've got any, any company or any people that are, are amazing with neurodivergency and you wish to champion them and mention them. Yeah, I, I do. And it, it, it's, um, I, I, I said earlier, one of the shops that you always get at airports is a Lego mm-hmm. shop. And so we've bought a lot of Lego to keep things happy on flights or waiting. Um, and, uh, and Lego has been a sort of staple of Elsie's life for a long time. The day before she started her GCSE, she made a Lego White House. Um, okay. And that was a beautiful, calming thing for her. Lego has been a very, Lego is a really lovely thing. Um, for her and obviously she's getting a bit older now and I didn't realize until quite recently that Lego now do a kind of adult range so they know right. their they know their markets they know <laughs> their role in the the kind of neurodiversity world and they now do like um, these adult things like these beautiful bouquets of flowers and things like that that you can buy to make that I I they're stunning and beautiful. They probably mm-hmm. still hurt if you stand on them in the middle of the night, but they, they, they're making <laughs> these lovely things. And, um, and what I didn't know until um, today is that they also, you can download mindfulness tracks to listen to while you make oh, really? them as well. Incredible. Like, you know, that this is, they recognise that this is not just for children. And, uh, and Elsie said to me tonight, she said the, um, for her as a, as a neurodiverse person, actually the the creating of things to the kind of you know to the instructions is is also really important that actually being able to follow those instructions and to be able to yes. have it all kind of organized is really really helpful and really calming um, and as a neurotypical I had no idea you know I'd rather just build some random shit out of lego tiny wins um the other section I wanted to kind of uh, do in this one is the the tiny wins section, which is always uh, a favourite of mine. Is these these things that would ordinarily in a neurotypical family not be seen as a major thing at all, but in our worlds, uh, what would be seen as a tiny win in their world is a major victory in ours. So, what uh, have you got? Any tiny wins you want to share with us? I've got. I've actually. I'm a bit cheating because I've got a really big win. Um, okay, but. Um, I think a lot of people take it for granted, but um, Elsie's just finished school, and yeah, finishing school was a was a win for us. But she um, she went to prom, and oh, amazing. And you think of prom, it's like wearing fancy clothes, having your hair done, going to a new place. But it's so like much social. expectation. Oh god, yeah. yeah absolutely massive and Polly didn't didn't go to school wasn't going to school when when you know when she was that age she never got a prom and the win for me was we managed to buy a dress which was still a dress she wanted to wear by the time the prom came (laughs) um we 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 did her hair we did her makeup it was a really hot day heat is a an issue for her we managed to get her there um and she went to prom and and older sister who I think for who for whom it was really difficult because she didn't get to go to prom and couldn't manage it. Yeah, 
she did her mm-hmm. hair and she was able to be happy for her and we took oh, some that's funny lovely. photos so yeah just that thing of doing what other kids do as they're kind of leaving school it's thing. a major thing isn't it yeah it was, yeah yeah, yeah it absolutely. was really really huge and it was so sensory and so difficult and she looked like a hollywood starlet and i was so it was oh. so lovely for us all it was really nice good oh wow that's amazing uh, I've got a tiny win, which mm. again is not it. Yeah, um, is that I, I went camping this weekend with a big group of friends. We'd go camping a lot. It's great for the kids because the bar is very low. Camping, camping. <laughs> <Just> stay <laughs> um, alive. <laughs> yeah, and and one uh, and there was a lot of whittling going on, right? Which is like yeah. is really nice. Right? I've got a group of friends who re- are really into whittling. I'm, it's not my really really my thing, but they they've all got like knives and they they whittle kind of weapons out of wood like like swords and stuff and mm. and one of them offered to help jay choose one and he helped him he talked him through whittling now jay does not take instruction easily he knows best at all times no one else knows better than him at anything oh uh, i know and he would... <laughs> exactly you can vouch for that so um oh, yeah. so but he listened to advice right he listened to how you're supposed to whittle and he did some work and he sanded it and he, he looked to this person for advice and then i overheard him going up to the guy his name's bill uh, shout out to bill thank you thank you so much mate um and jay approached him totally unprompted and said um he said thank you i couldn't have done it without your help oh and, like, for me for for jay to acknowledge that someone has helped him and that almost like they know more than him opens up a world of possibilities for me because i i am I'm, I, I have been concerned about how Jay is going to kind of find his way in the world if he's not going to accept that some people know better than him at some things that he wants to do. And <laughs> one of his goals, it, it, what he's decided he wants to be in life is a blacksmith. Right. Again, again, tying in this hole with this Victorian vibe that he's got going on, right? <laughs> he wants to be a blacksmith. Um, and I was like, that's great because it's a thing that you can do. And like, if you've got a goal, we can make that happen in whatever way. But at some point, you're going to need to listen to someone's advice and you're going to need to to accept that they can show you how to do mm-hmm. it and, and to kind of be guided by them. And I've always been worried that he would just walk into a forge and go, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Again, the setting fire to the forge and burning himself um so just having overhearing this conversation completely unprompted just made me realize that it's it's just me he won't take advice from (laughs) 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 that made me feel wonderful um so that is my that is my tiny win that's a brilliant win (laughs) that is the brilliantest win (laughs) what the flip um the the other one um, the the other part of this section I wanted to do is the what the flip section. This is basically uh, where where you just have a moment, um, an interaction with with your kids where it's just like where, where the hell has that come from? What? Um, and again, I have to regularly, mostly with Jay, to be honest. Um, I don't know if you do, have you had any of these with yours recently? Yeah. So the the what the flip that that comes to mind with with me with with my two is. The extent that the hilariousness of the fact that they can't kind of get themselves together to eat a meal, they have to sort of be reminded or present better presented with an actual plate of food 
that's yes. all separate and it's things that they'll eat and quite beige usually. And um, but they can both kind of follow really intricate um, p- uh, patterns or instructions. You know, Elsie will make <laughs> her idea of fun is to make some IKEA furniture. Um, and and Polly crochets these kind of elaborate designs. Um, you know, she did this Barbie logo crocheted into the fabric of a jumper the other day. So, yeah, hilariously Amazing. can't yeah can't cook breakfast, but you know. But like detailed and complex instructions, they're fully on board with. Fully on board with it. I, awesome. It, I can't get my head around that. <laughs> I just had to do some IKEA furniture recently, and if I'd have known, <laughs> it's her idea of fun. I thought the first sort of 20 minutes was fun and then it became torture for me. So um, <laughs> I will definitely bear that in mind next time. Um, I had a couple of what the flip moments with Jay on holiday. Um, one was when we were on the flight on the way there and there was a baby crying on the plane. And he was like, who would bring a baby on a plane? <laughs> I was like, well, we brought you on a plane when you were little. He was like, well, I didn't cry. I was like, Jay, it's not his fault. He's just having a really bad time. And he said, that baby wasn't having a bad time. He's just a weak-minded fool. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, he is. I can't, I can't argue. Just, yeah, it's fine. Um, <laughs> oh, I love that kid. And the other one, which was <laughs> the other one, which really threw me. I didn't know where to go with it. We were on a hike in the afternoon of like of adventure on, on our holidays. We were on a, on a hike uh, up a mountain that they identified. It wasn't actually a mountain, but it felt like it. Um, and and Otto and uh, Tam were like ahead, miles ahead of us, and and Jay was with them. And me and India were just kind of sitting in the shade for a little bit. Uh, and Jay then walked back towards us really casually and very matter-of-factly just went, we think Otto might have fallen off and died. We don't have proof yet, but mummy's looking. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, what? What? Because we didn't know where Otto was, but I just assumed that he'd kind of gone off and just how casually he just dropped that. was really alarming so then I'm shouting ahead of me and eventually like Tam was like it's okay I found him um and he was safe and so he'd wandered off but being Otto he's like just in his own world so he's not responding to us calling his name at all he's just in his own little world so eventually we found him and then Jay went oh damn and I think I might have been rid of him once and for all (laughs) he's like some Bond villain (laughs) You need to get him a little white cat to stroke. Yeah, I think that would. That's <laughs> we do. We do have a, a grey and white cat, but he won't go near him. <laughs> uh, one of the other things that I wanted to kind of do in the it's not all rubbish section because you know, as we know, we talk about you know the the challenges that we face with our kids, but I definitely want to highlight the things that are amazing about them. And I think it's important to, to recognize that and to acknowledge that. So this is your time to tell me what is the best thing about your kids? Well, a- apart from getting my Ikea furniture made for me, which is a bonus, <laughs> um, they, they are both, they're both absolutely hilarious. They are, they are the funniest, <laughs> funniest people I know. And our family WhatsApp is, a source of great entertainment to me. They are funny and oh, clever really. as well. Um, and they've, they've, what we're seeing, what we're getting now as they get older is we're, we're also finding they're absolutely brilliant at pub quizzes. So oh, we, brilliant. you know, they hear something for the first, they hear something once, they know it forever. And uh, we're finding that very useful. We're, uh, I think we're 
usually third in our local pub quiz, but we're hoping to improve nice. on that. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> no, Otto's definitely good at re- remembering things. That he's just a little bit too young to take into a pub reliably at the moment. <laughs> this is what you've got to look forward to. You see. One day, I'm going to be training you up. Those correcting you all the time, they'll actually be able to win you prizes. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't help but feel that that Jay is going to be correcting the quizmaster in in a way that would get <laughs> us kicked out, though. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that um, draws us to the the end of, of the podcast. So firstly, Dr. Hilde Mitchell, thank you so much for coming and joining me and sharing your holiday experiences. It's been a genuine treat to, <laughs> to talk about it. Um, and uh, if anybody is listening at home and you want to write to us, you feel free to uh, to contact us at hello at neuroshambles.com. If you've got any ideas for any kind of topics that you want us to cover, or if you want to share your own neurodivergency champions, we can talk about that. Uh, any way anyway, you want to get in touch with us, we're also on the socials. On um, We're not on Twitter or X or whatever the hell he's called it this week. Um, we're on threads in case that takes off, but Instagram, Reddit, all the socials, and Facebook all of that gubbins but um feel free to contact us it'd be lovely to hear from you uh so all that remains for me is to say thank you dr mitchell for being here thank you to the audience for listening and um have a nice life Bye.